Hello and welcome to Hybrid Working Habits. This is a free podcast-based course here on my podcast, Leading Virtual Teams, with me, Dr. Maren Deepwell. If you're new here, head over to the help and orientation page that I've linked to in the show notes to find out more about the course and to register. This week, we're covering the first topic of hybrid working habits, the course, and it's all about auditing your hybrid working habits. Now, when it comes to working from home, hybrid or fully virtual working, the reality is really different for everyone. What works for you depends a lot on your individual circumstances at home or in the office or on campus depends on what other commitments you're juggling and your relationship with technology too. Some of us love the buzz of being constantly connected and others prefer time to focus without interruptions or a mix of both. This topic is all about auditing your hybrid working habits. And in this episode, I'll walk you through how to use different tools to find out your current habits and how they might help or hinder your progress and productivity. We'll also have a go at identifying what you want more of in your working life. Maybe more collaboration, more quiet time to really focus, more movement or something else altogether. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a little orientation around how to take part in the course and where to find help. But now let's jump in. So the first strategy that I want to share with you is just to use reflective prompts to try and get to know your setup a little bit better. And one nice way of framing that is to think about, you know, what would you tell um, someone really not familiar at all, like a new colleague, a stranger, um, someone you meet on the train maybe about your hybrid working setup? And I've come up with some prompts, and these are the questions I also ask guests on regular podcast episodes. And I thought to model how this might work, I'll answer the questions um, and tell you a little bit about what my own hybrid working setup looks like. So, yeah, see what you think. And um, here we go. So the first question is, um, what's your hybrid working platform of choice? Now, that's a tricky one for me to get started with because the way in which I work means that I have a lot of different platforms that I use for my hybrid work. I use Google Workspace, I use Teams, I use Slack, I use Asana, I have Zoom. There is, you know, platforms like StreamYard um, and many others. And I guess... I don't have that much choice what I actually use to to work in. But I guess if I if I do have a choice and my personal preference um, is probably to use Google Workspace primarily because this is where I have the most familiarity 
and it feels the most easy and native for me personally. I've used it for, I don't know, like close to, I guess, ever since Google Docs really started. And um, I, um, yeah, really enjoy the ease with which you can collaborate. And to me, the kind of ways in which to manage files and communication is really easy to to understand. So I guess that would be my um, my hybrid working platform of choice. The second question is, what is a piece of kit that you can't live without? And I guess for me, that would be really good headphones. I um, spend a huge amount of time with headphones on, um, either being in video calls or I'm listening to something or I'm recording something. Um, and I find um, over-ear headphones don't work for me because I wear glasses. And so they just kind of, I don't know, they feel uncomfortable after after a while. Um, and so my personal platform, uh, preference is to have inner ear headphones and I absolutely love them and I really value really good headphones. So let's move on to question three. What is something non-technical that's important for your setup? <laughs> and I guess um, for me that would be a really good chair. That is definitely key for me. And I um, yeah, I have a really good working chair at home. Again, it really pays for itself in the hours that I spend sitting on this chair. Um, I also do sit-stand kind of um, work. So I do not try to sit all day long, but definitely a good chair is really important. But over sort of the last few years, I've also become much more sensitive to having some things that really spark my creativity in my working space. And I love having visual things like pictures, postcards, um, but also houseplants. And if you follow my blog or podcast, um, you will already know that I've gotten quite obsessed with houseplants. So yeah, I think different plants are one of the nicest non-tech elements. Um, that make my workspace much more inviting and make me want to spend time in it. At a more fundamental level, having a dedicated workspace is probably essential for me. I work from home full time, so I'm at my sort of home working desk um, pretty much every single day. And it wouldn't be possible for me, I don't think, to work in a space that's shared or um, where I need to, you know, change my, my setup all the time and pack everything away. Um, so having a dedicated space that I can leave things on really works for me. Question four, what makes you step away from the screen for a break? Definitely my dogs. Um, we have two dogs and they are super good at holding me accountable for having breaks. They want treats, they want to go outside, they want to go for a walk, they need attention, they need cuddling, they bring me their favorite toy. Um, dogs are absolutely um, key to getting away from the screen. Also, I do use um, sort of the technology nudge um, of my 
watch, which reminds me to get up, you know, once an hour. I don't always follow the nudge, but I do appreciate it being there. And I've sort of consciously tried not to switch it off because I like that reminder, um, sort of, hey, you've been sitting for an hour. It really helps me emerge from flow states and when I really focus on work or when I just got distracted um, to try and take a break. Also tea. I'm a, um, a huge fan of tea and I'm also a cold person. And so particularly in the colder months, um, getting a hot cup of tea is a huge motivator for me. And I have to go downstairs, go to the kitchen, put the kettle on, get a cup of tea going. Um, I drink both regular caffeinated and herbal teas to distraction. So tea is definitely another important um, element of my hybrid working setup. I also, um, when my partner is at home, we sometimes have little breaks together, have tea together or have a conversation, catch up on, you know, how things have been going so far. So that is another motivator. So if I hear someone else moving around the house and they're having a break, I'm much more likely to go and have a break and, and have a couple of minutes of company as well. Next question is, what's your hybrid working blend? By which I mean sort of how frequently do you travel or commute or go to the office? Well, um, since like 2018, I haven't had a regular weekly schedule to go to the office, but I have commuted and traveled a huge amount um, pre-pandemic and also increasingly more post-pandemic. But in general, I probably only travel or commute nowadays about one day a week, maybe. Um, it doesn't always happen every week, but some weeks I'm away for more than one day and some days, um, some weeks I'm away, you know, for three or four. So on average, it probably works out about one day a week. I love being permanently based at home and I find it really effective way for me to work. But I also get a lot of energy and joy from meeting people in person and having that, you know, sparks and conversation, having more interaction. I'm quite an introverted person. So for me, the balance is probably about right. Now that I don't have to travel as much, I found it really draining to spend, you know, days upon days surrounded by people or in open plan offices. I'm, I work much better having a bit more time on my own. Okay, next question. Um, what would you go back to a co-located um, office to work there full time? Now, many people ask me that question and I think there is a kind of cycle to hybrid working where folks really love it, particularly in the first you know, year or two after they start to have more flexibility and work more from home. But then, um, there usually comes a kind of turning point where you're kind of thinking a few years in, wow, I'm I'm really not, you know, I'm the the flexibility and the freedom being at home isn't really being balanced out by, you know, by what I'm getting in return. I really miss the office. But also sometimes, you know, particularly when life changes and you have a lot of things that you're juggling staying at home and not escaping and not leaving things behind can be very challenging. So plenty of people, I think, have a different answer to that depending on what moment in time you ask them. 
Now I'm sort of five, six years in of working um, fully remote, full time. And before that I had hybrid work. So I think um, for me at the moment, it feels like there wouldn't be anything that could convince me to go back to a co-located um, full-time role. Um, but then, you know, that's definitely something to keep under review. You never know how that might change. Now, the last question is, if you had a hybrid working superpower, what would it be? And I've thought long and hard about this question. And I think for me, it's that I'm incredibly self-motivated. I am really good at holding myself accountable. I'm really good at being super organized. I have no struggle keeping my motivation up when I'm not supervised or I don't have colleagues around me. And it is a real strength that I bring to my ability to deliver a lot working remotely. There is kind of like a dark side to it as well that I've talked on the podcast about before, where sort of, you know, overwork is definitely um, my hybrid working demon. Um, it's something that I continuously have to be watchful um, so that that superpower doesn't turn into um, a real drawback. Okay, so those are some reflective prompts, and I hope um, they've inspired you to take a moment now and start to think what your answers would be if you had to tell someone about your hybrid working setup. And if you have someone, um, a willing victim, if you like, you might well try and have that conversation and tell them about what your hybrid working setup is like. The point of this exercise and why I find it so valuable is that it really helps you take a step back from the priorities and the pressures you are under day to day and reflect more broadly on how things are working for you at the moment and to start to notice what you enjoy, what maybe might be a sticking point and to start flexing that kind of muscle that you have, kind of developing some reflective space, a little bit of distance between you and the everyday of hybrid working. The other strategy that I want to share with you today is around using a tool to help you reflect on the way you work. And in the topic for this week, I've linked to a couple of resources um, from my book, Leading Virtual Teams, starting with a chart that sets out different modes of working and explains what the different terms that we use to describe how we work um, mean and what the differences between home working, hybrid working, distributed working, remote working, and so on. So I'm hoping that you know, you'll find this as a useful way of kind of figuring out where you are on the spectrum of different ways of working, um, but also to give you a really clear sense of what different modes of working are out there and what signifies each one. So hybrid working is usually defined as working both at home and from an office and and assumes that as an employee, you have flexibility to work away from the office for some days each week, 
For example, for three days a week, you're at home and for two days a week, you're in the office. Now, one of the key themes of this week is to really help you gather some confidence and gain the skills to reflect effectively on how you work. And the tool that I want us to, or I invite you to, to try out this week is called the hybrid working wheel, which is adopted from a widely used tool called the wheel of life. And I adapted this tool to help us explore different ways of working and to provide a, a really clear structure. So you can download the template that I've provided. You can either print it out um, or use the electronic copy. And each wheel basically contains eight sections. And there is a blank one included for you to add your own categories. The categories that I've suggested um, to reflect on are homeworking environment, work-life balance, physical and mental health, care and family responsibilities, socializing with colleagues, your commute, the office or campus environment, and then you add something else. Obviously, you're welcome to adapt these categories to reflect your personal context and what signifies in your working setup. Now, the way to use this tool is quite simple. It's really easy exercise to start with. You basically look at each area and give it a score from one to 10. Now, a low score, like maybe one or two, you would give to an area where you think this is currently challenging, or this is something that I think requires some action or attention. It's not in a place or it's not in a state that you're currently kind of content with. And a high score, maybe eight or nine or 10, would represent an aspect of the way you're currently working that either brings you joy or something that has a really positive impact, something that is currently where, where you hope it should ideally be. So I'll give you a couple of examples just so you can see how that works. And then you can have a go yourself using the template. So for example, one of the categories is commute. For me, that's a pretty easy one to score. That's probably an eight or a nine. I don't want to commute a lot. So it's good for me that I don't currently commute a lot. And when I do, it's pretty straightforward and enjoyable. There isn't really anything about commuting that I currently want to change. And so I can move on from that category quite quickly. Now, my homeworking environment is an interesting one for me to reflect on. So I really like the space that I have that works well. Um, my biggest kind of sticking point around my homeworking setup at the moment is that personally, I'd really like to have a sit-stand desk. And at the moment, I don't. So this is something that isn't kind of urgent or on fire. I'm, you know, certainly able to work with the desk I currently have, but I would really like to have a sit-stand desk. And I think it would really help, particularly my physical health, um, and would help with really long meeting days. So I'm probably going to score that only a five or maybe a six. So it's kind of in an okay place and certainly not like a one where I'm sort of thinking, 
it's a really low score, but it isn't kind of an eight or a nine either where I'd ideally like it to be. Okay, um, let's have one more category and then um, I think you're gonna be clear on what to do. Next category I'm gonna think about is work-life balance. Now that is in flux at the moment for me because I'm only um, in sort of week two or three of, of starting a new job. And so I'm not really quite sure what the work-life balance equation will look like in the long run. But right now in this moment, it's probably a six or a seven. Um, I'm working pretty hard and I am getting down to the, the things that I want to do that aren't work related but it does feel pretty busy and I'm tired at the end of each day and it is probably about yeah it's just a smidgen off where I'd like it to be ideally okay now you might find that you have some you know low scores and high scores um and hopefully this will give you a way to get a better sense of what you want to focus on or maybe just things where you feel stuck um some of these areas might have really low scores and it might be completely out of your control for quite a few years i cared for my mother who had um, cancer at the time and i was basically working full-time and caring full-time and doing all the other stuff in my life as well so at that point in time, care and family responsibilities would have been a one and it would have been very little I could have done about it. And it felt really frustrating, I think, for me to know that there was nothing I could do and the situation wouldn't change. It lasted for several years and there wasn't anything I could do about it. But it was helpful to acknowledge that that area of my work life was currently on fire and definitely not conducive to any of the other areas. It was impacting my work-life balance. It was impacting my physical and mental health. It was impacting my ability to socialize with colleagues. It was definitely impacting my commute because I was driving to the hospital and going to work and having to go home and do, you know, ferry my dad around to visit my mom and all the other things. So I think it really helped me understand why I was so frustrated and why I was feeling like I wasn't achieving what I wanted to be achieving. And that really, you know, didn't really improve the situation practically, but it did help me reframe in my mind what was actually achievable and what I should be, um, you know, focusing on, i.e. things within my control rather than everything that was outside of my control. And so it might be really helpful if you do have an area like that, which you're currently kind of, you know, feeling is really tough, is really difficult. I think it's worth kind of just sitting with that for a while and having a think about how it might impact other areas of your work life and whether there is, you know, an underlying thing or maybe more than one underlying thing um, that's kind of impacting on things overall. And all of these, I think, exercises are really designed to help us gain awareness, to step away from the kind of constant notifications, chats, emails, 
the constant demands for our attention and take a moment to really focus in on what is working for us right now and what is not working or what is being really difficult and what is really hard. Now, there is a range of other readings and um, resources that I've linked to in this week's topic. And I hope that you'll find it helpful to have a, a dip into some of these articles. And um, there's a couple of books there as well for those of you who really want to take a deeper dive. And the purpose of including these um, isn't really to get you to read them from cover to cover. Um, obviously, you know, they're interesting reads, but the purpose is really to help us step outside of, you know, what our normal is and what we think our usual day to day is and to gain more awareness, not just what we are doing day to day, but also how that compares and contrasts with what other people are doing. And I think that is an interesting kind of side effect of so many of us working more from home is that we don't really know what someone else's day to day looks like. I have colleagues who I've worked with, you know, for a decade, and I don't really know what their working environment looks like. What do they look out on when they sit at their desk? Do they look out on the garden? Is it a blank wall? Are they in their living room? Um, particularly at a time when many of us suffer from kind of video conferencing fatigue, and you know, many of us want to protect our privacy a little bit. So we might use um, a blurry background or a different backdrop um, to, you know, be really professional and to really try and project a good image across. And I think that really gives that sense of, you know, everybody has a kind of similar setup. Everybody looks kind of the same. On Zoom, everybody turns into a small square. And there's a really interesting article that I've also linked to in the reading that I've come across recently around the sort of um, experiments of testing the limits of AI, particularly when it comes to art and image creation and sort of getting AI powered tools to create typical images of, you know, an American woman or an Asian meal um, and seeing how the biases of the data sets um, that these tools are trained on kind of, you know, come through and, um, and how they are basically confirming those biases um, when they help us you know, find images of, of things that we're looking for. And I think um, that there is an interesting correlation between how we perceive each other um, in remote and hybrid working contexts and what we see online as the kind of image of hybrid working where you know you see a lot of people kind of looking very happy and very beautifully orchestrated office environments or home environments um, where sort of there's always a perfect pot plant and a, a, a cup of coffee next to a, a beautifully positioned laptop um, 
and the reality of kind of working between you know a sleeping dog and a stack of laundry whilst people are running out of your room looking for sports kits or you know just needing that one question usually in my experience is completely devoid of beautifully orchestrated um photogenic setups and i guess this first part of this course is an invitation to you to look at you know your reality and learn a little bit to notice what's going on and, and how things are working and then to use those insights to to really think about you know how does this maybe compare to the colleagues you're working with you know what assumptions are you making when you're collaborating with them or in a meeting with them around their setup what might be different and what might be the same and i think that can be a very helpful way of starting us identifying how we can make hybrid working really work for us and how we can make our habits and whatever we do kind of nearly without noticing work for us, but also identify anything we might be doing without thinking, any habits that we might have gotten into that aren't really working for us, that making us feel stressed or burnout or unfocused or stuck or whatever it might be that, you know, those sort of niggly things that are happening in your working day make you feel like. Before we finish um, this first topic, I want to give you a little bit of information and orientation around how to take part in the course. Um, so if you are new to the course and you haven't yet registered, um, do please head to the course information page I've linked to in the show notes. Um, you will get an email every Friday with all the information um, directly to your inbox, which is a handy reminder not to miss an episode. And it's never too late to register and it's free to do so. So please do sign up if you want to join us. And if you are registered and you haven't received an email, do check your inbox um, and your spam filter. You should have been getting an email um, from me by sort of um, lunchtime every Friday. During the course, if you need help or if you have any questions, you can get in touch with me at any time. Um, simply reply to any of the course emails or you can drop me a line on my Instagram or on LinkedIn. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more and do a little bit um, more reading around the work I do or find more resources that I might mention, um, you can always check out the blog. And also there is a couple of um, tags on the website you can have a look at kind of hybrid working or leading virtual teams will certainly get you there. Thank you so much for joining in um, in the first topic of hybrid working habits. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. And as I say, if you have any questions or if you have some observations you want to share, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to Leading Virtual Teams. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, you can find the links to the tools and resources we talked about in the show notes or head over to marandeepwell.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.